this is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. Uh, we, are, we are jumping into the uh, uh, next of our, bel- our, our armor series, Belt of Truth, um, out of Ephesians 6. We're digging into spiritual warfare and the armor of God today. We're talking about Belt of Truth and... Um, we had some excitement in the Bronner home this week. Uh, uh, my wife texted me, Carrie texted me on Wednesday and said, I need to talk to you right away, right away. She said, no one is injured, good, but I need to talk to you pronto. So I <laughs> called her and she informs me that there is a snake in our house. Yeah, and so like many of you, uh, she's terrified of snakes. And so the first thing she says is, has it occurred to you, we, we have to burn the house down now. <laughs> It's the only way to deal with this. And uh, so she, she, she was not home. Our, our 11-year-old daughter, Kaylin, was home with, with Lucy Reynolds. And I had a break in my day, so thankfully I could run home, take care of the snake, get rid of the snake. What a and man. Then, what a man. And then, yeah, <laughs> screaming the whole time, right? No. Yeah. The, then I had to go about the business of calling my wife back and calming her down. And so I uh, told her some reassuring things like, look at the bright side, at least it wasn't uh, hiding in the toilet to bite you when you sat down on the toilet. And you really only have a 50-50 chance of that ever happening. That's really a slim chance. Things things like that. And like, you know, look at the bright side, there was only one, because usually where there's one, (laughs) you know, and I had forgotten to check the toilet, uh, so... Uh, but we got through that, um, and I thought, how appropriate, as we're going into spiritual warfare and the schemes of the devil, the serpent, the craftiest of the beasts, um, that we had a literal serpent in our house. Not just in our house, it was in our bathroom uh, of all places, and uh, what I consider to be one of the most private rooms in the home, right? <laughs> and uh, isn't, isn't Satan like that, though? Mm. He finds his way into uh, the most intimate and private places in our lives, uh, and, and that's why it's so important to, to, to put on the belt of truth uh, as we put on the armor of God, this belt of truth. Yeah, and if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going through the armor. And today, for the next six weeks, we're going to go through each piece of the armor, starting today with the belt of truth. And one of the reasons I'm excited Travis is up here, he is not only an elder here, but he is one of those friends that when I call him, almost every conversation we have, whether it be on the phone or back here after the 8.30 service for the debrief or um, at gatherings with friends and family, you're, you're a truth teller. And it, it's important for you to make sure those you're with and around know the truth and uh, you put falsehoods far from you. And, that, and that's a word of honor to speak over you just because I'm, I'm honored to be your friend in that and reminded of the value that is for you and what it needs to be for each one of us. So today... Uh, we're going to jump into the belt of truth. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God. And so this isn't, we're, gonna, we're not going to pick pieces, the ones we like, the ones we don't like. We're going after all of this so we can be suited and booted for battle, whatever battle may be facing you, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So each week as we go through the pieces of armor, we're going to look at the devil's scheme, a primary scheme of the devil when it comes to this belt of truth is going to be obviously his scheme as the, as the father of lies is to get you to become a liar. And we're going to see how he does that and his strategy behind that. We introduced this last week, but here's an outline of the devil's scheme when it comes to truth. 
And we understand, I wish we could take time, I wish we could do a couple of weeks of everything Satan wants you to believe about yourself and everything Jesus says is true about you. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the source of all truth. And Satan is constantly coming against that. And here's what we read. After uh, Adam and Eve were told, you can eat from any tree in the garden, don't eat from that tree Immediately, Satan denies the word of God. You will not certainly die. He said you'll die if you even... No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, you will be woke. I mean, your eyes will be opened. And Satan wants you to believe that you should constantly be going after new truth. That you should discover new truth. Actually, not only to discover, you should create it. You should be the manufacturer of it. I had a seminary professor that told us all the time, be creative in your ministries with the way you share the gospel, but don't ever become so creative that you become liberal. He said, hey, and, and guys, when you share the gospel, he was being very clear with it. He goes, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out. And this is why we use commentaries. This is why we use the uh, church fathers is because if we're reading something in scripture and the two problems when we read in scripture, we can see too much or we don't see enough. And Satan says, you will not die. He denies the word of God. And he says, actually, open your eyes to greater truth than what God told you. And then he goes, the third part is what? And you will be like God. And I'm just here, whether you're a believer or not today in the room or online, we all need to be reminded of this. This is true of every single person in here, believer or not. You are not God. I am not God. You are not God. I am not the source of truth. You are not the source of all truth. So here's his outline. It's very simple. I'll break it down another way. The devil schemes against truth as we put on the belt of truth. Deny the truth. Whatever God said, just deny it outright. Say he didn't say it. I think the subtle scheme of Satan today is just redefine what God said. Just, you, just have your eyes be open and reinterpret it to fit whatever you want it to say. Open your eyes to new truth. And then ultimately, he's telling you, be like God. And last week, we talked about this in that moment where I chickened out. And I was encouraged by many of you, your emails and messages, very encouraging, not from what was just said up here, but for how you're going to apply it in your life how you're gonna take this seriously. And some of you are like, I've been holding back on conversations with my kids that I know they need to hear, but I've been holding back for fear of sounding unkind or unloving. I wanna speak the truth in my home. In Genesis 1:27, take those three parts of his schemes and you can apply it to any of the scripture and anything we're seeing today as our culture drifts from truth. As we move away from truth, Genesis 1:27, male and female, he created them. That is the word of God. But we live in a culture today that says that is not true. He didn't create you with a gender. Open your eyes and see that there are more genders out. There are dozens of different, and you can identify as whatever you want. Why? Because you are God is what Satan wants you to believe. And you determine it. Go on to Genesis chapter 2. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And Satan says what? That's not true. Open your eyes. Marriage is far broader than a man and a woman for a lifetime. It's far broader than that. You know why? Because you're God. 
You can marry whoever you want. Don't listen to God's word. We can take this to marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Save sex for marriage. No, that's not true. Satan wants you to believe. Open your eyes. You can sleep with whoever you want, whenever you want. Why? Because you're God. You get to determine it. This is why Jesus linked Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 together in Matthew 19 when he was asked about marriage. He says, haven't you read? He goes back to the scripture. That in the beginning, the creator made them. So in the beginning, the foundations of marriage and family goes back to the foundation of the earth. The creator, meaning this is God's invitation for us to enter into what he created. He doesn't need our help in defining it. He doesn't need our help in figuring it out. In the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two become one flesh. Here's the bottom line. We, we hear this in, in, if you grew up in church, you heard this. We don't want to fall for the lies of Satan. But I want you to know that's not where his scheming ends. That's not where his strategy ends. He doesn't just want you to believe lies. He wants you to speak lies. He wants every time you open your mouth for you to be speaking falsehoods about God, others, and yourself. He wants you to lie about God. He is the father of all lies. He wants you to lie about God, others, and yourself every time you open your mouth. He doesn't want you just believing lies. He wants you telling them. And a pastor we looked at from the East Coast last week, Garrett Kell, he says this, Satan labors to make you a liar like him. He labors to make you a liar like him. Putting on the belt of truth, as we're going to see today, is an act of faith that resists Satan's call to be a liar like him. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons, maybe you can sympathize with this, one of the reasons that we as, as Christians, especially evangelical Christians, hesitate sometimes to speak out uh, truth is because we are, are quick to be called, what, a bigot. That word is used a lot, bigotry. That, that in the church, there's so much bigotry. And I want you to understand something. If you're concerned about the word bigotry, which usually ends the conversation, and that's bothersome, uh, because bigotry is, is utter intolerance for the belief of others. And anyone that's listening, that's, that's concerned that the church may be, be uh, practicing bigotry, you need to understand, we at Woodland Hills, we fully believe that you're allowed to believe whatever you want. You can. That's the permissive will of God. He allows you to believe what you want. That doesn't mean he's going to tolerate all of your beliefs. And our beliefs here are those that Ted just expressed, uh, the exclusivity of Christ, and on and on and on. So many people that may declare that you're a bigot because you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Really. And, and be encouraged in that if someone declares you to be a bigot because they don't like what you believe, they by definition are being a bigot, utterly intolerant of your beliefs. We stand firm. We wear the armor of God standing, standing firm we are, in our face. We are utterly intolerant of those beliefs creeping Absolutely. into the church. Absolutely. And can you think, he's such a nice guy, like utterly intolerant comes across so kindly <laughs> from him. Whereas if I say Gotta it, it's bring just it real. down a little. <laughs> utterly intolerant. Okay. So in Ted's outline, Satan wants you to lie about God, about others, and about yourself. And so we're going to work through that outline uh, this morning. First is that, that Satan wants you first to believe lies about God and then speak lies about God. You hear us talk a lot about our essential beliefs here. 
And that's because these are what we believe really define us as Christians and as followers of Jesus. They're not negotiable, they're not debatable uh, among our leadership and in our church and in our teachings. Uh, there are the non-essentials, which can be discussed and debated uh, just simply for almost academic exercise. But these are our essential beliefs. And uh, there are essentials because they're the ones that matter. And maybe you've sat in a meeting before where something was discussed, where 15, 20 minutes in, a decision is trying to be made. And you're saying, have we really spent 20 minutes on the color of the doorknobs and the bathroom or whatever? Uh, and, and that can become bothersome. And you want to talk about the things that really matter. That's what we're talking about, the things that really matter, the essentials. And as we talk about the essentials, it's important to understand our essentials, God, mankind, scripture, sin, salvation, eternity, heaven, hell, angels, demons, Satan. And in this first thing that we're talking about, that Satan wants you to lie about God, that's the first essential. All of the other essentials flow through and from that one, the subject of God. You see, everything else, and, and Satan realizes that when he's trying to convince you of lies about God and to, to get you to speak lies about God, everything else flows from that. He knows if he can get into that one that he's, he's going to be successful. We believe that there is one God, that he is eternal. He existed before anything else existed, that he is the creator. He created everything else that exists. He is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is all-powerful, he is all-present, and is all-knowing. He is both loving and just. Uh, he is both incomprehensible, yet knowable. That is who God is, and that is what we hold uh, fast to. Let's look at Ephesians 4.14, which says, Then, which the then is when we move into spiritual maturity. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And by the cunning and craftiness, here we hear it again, the craftiness of the serpent, of people and their deceitful scheming, schemes, right? The schemes of the devil. He's purposeful in what he's doing. He's not just launching grenades out there trying to see if he can, he can take care of some business. No, he's, out, he's scheming. He has a plan for exactly how he's going to take you down. And in this blown here and there, the, the wind... I think about uh, flying in an airplane, and I know, Ted, you travel in airplanes a lot, and there's a lot of turbulence from time to time because of the, the blowing of the winds, and I, I hate turbulence on an airplane. Anyone else? You just hate that feeling where you feel like your stomach comes up here? Um, I'm not afraid of dying. It's not that. It's just I hate that feeling of, of falling. I, I, have, uh, uh, I have an unhealthy fear of falling like my wife has an unhealthy fear of snakes, okay? <laughs> so... But when I think of air travel and uh, the wind and the, the pilots that are trying to get to a destination, there's an air navigation rule called the 1 in 60 rule. And it says that for every 60 miles traveled, if they're off by one degree in their navigation, in 60 miles they will be one mile off of their destination. Hmm. A whole mile, that one degree. And the point there is, Satan knows he doesn't have to knock you completely off the rails. Hmm. He doesn't have to blindside you completely. It's if I can, if I, in my scheming, if I, can, if I can get you just one degree off, then I know that down the road, mm. you might look back and say, how did I get here? Yeah. We've been talking about that with drift, truth drift. Like, we get that culture is moving far away from Jesus. <laughs> and, and if Jesus is center, they're, they're going far, far away. And, and we've said, we've seen it even with the church. We've seen it with believers over the last 
year and a half, two years, and we were talking about this last week, that I don't feel like I've changed core beliefs in the last two years, but why does it feel like I am, or why do people tell me I am, accuse me of, I feel like I'm standing still, I feel like I'm standing my ground, you may feel the same thing, like I'm standing my ground, but as the world gets kookier, that's my theological term for you today, as the world takes that one degree, I'd say it's way more than one degree, it feels two, three, four, ten, twenty degrees way off, it can feel like you're moving, and I think the hard part is when you've been standing with other people who are making that move, and yet you're still in fellowship, it can feel, you're in fellowship with them, but it can feel like they're moving Am I moving? And we want to stand on Jesus. And it's been interesting the last uh, year and a half. My the emails and messages start with, hey, as one of your most conservative members, uh, and then I can, that'll be followed by someone saying, as someone, you know, left of center. And, and, and I, again, I, it kind of always cracks me up that we always have to let people know where we stand and it's like whether we agree with someone or not. And I, I use this illustration all the time. I don't introduce Amy at parties with, I don't agree with her on everything, uh, but this is my wife. That's a terrible way. <laughs> to introduce someone. But, but we're, we're all sitting there thinking about truth. I was thinking about the Amazon illustration. Amazon changed the way we trust. It changes the way we trust because before Amazon, I don't know if you know, we trusted brands. Ford, Chevy, uh, Whirlpool, GE. You saw that brand on a TV, a dishwasher, a washing machine, or a car. You know your parents had it. You know they, uh, you know, same machine for 25 years. Let me tell you, those machines aren't being made the same way they were 25 years ago. But, but we trusted in a brand. We don't trust in brands anymore. We trust in that 4.7 out of 5. We trust in that 4.3 out of 5. We trust what people say. And look at just even through the pandemic, people aren't wanting to trust doctors. Sorry, Dr. Broner. They're not wanting to trust scientists. They're trusting their uncles and their cousins. And I used in the first service, you know, if I bust my eardrum on Table Rock Lake today jumping off of a bluff, I ain't coming to any of you to fix my eardrum. I love you. I love your cousins and I love your uncles. Okay. But I ain't listening to their advice. Like on, on this, I'm going to, and some of you need to know he's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Because in the first service, people are like, I wouldn't go to a pastor either for, uh, for getting my eardrum fixed. And I, I wouldn't either. But he does this. It's a surgery that he does. And so when pastors are talking to me today going, man, I, the, congrega- the congregation, it's tougher to lead. I go, well, they're not trusting experts anymore. They're not trusting doctors, scientists, this person, that person. Why do you think they're listening to pastors? And I just encourage you with that to really think about where you are with truth. Have you drifted? Who are you listening to? Who is your source? The person you're listening to, are they grounded in the word of God? That to me is the key. Because when we just start listening to people and it sounds, that's the problem, Travis. I think that scheming is, it sounds good. It does. And and it's not. and, and, And it can make what you believe sound not good. Right? And we hear this term Hate, gaslighting. Hateful, huh? unkind, yeah. unloving, bigoted. Exactly, bigoted, yeah. uh, all of those things. And it can make you feel like you're the one that's mean and unkind and bigoted and all of these things. And you've heard the term gaslighting, maybe. I had to look it up. It turns out it's after a play from the 1930s that used this psychological concept to basically say if you, you can convince someone because of the things you say and the people you get to support, you can convince someone that they're the ones that are wrong. And we can feel that way. 
can it? When we're hearing all these messages from the enemy about how what you're saying and what you're believing is wrong, and it can eventually wear on you and make you take that. And I have a survey of 5,000 people that back me up to tell me you're wrong. And it's like, well, guess what? You know, 5,000 people can be wrong. 2,000 people, 1,000 people can be wrong. What are we basing our truth on? We're basing it on the Word of God. We're basing it on Jesus at the center. Absolutely. And so we move on then to the truth about others, uh, that Satan wants you to lie um, about others. And as we talked about that God is that central subject of our essential beliefs, we understand that mankind is the first uh, of the others that flow through and from God. Um, and uh, we, can, we can get an example of this uh, in the Ten Commandments in God's order of that he is first and then his creation, which he created everything that exists in, in mankind is the centerpiece of his creation, therefore is the next one in the list. Um, but we're not bound to the, to the Leviticus law or the Old Testament rules but, but they certainly can give us an idea as to the character of God um, and how he feels about us and desires for us to live. But the Ten Commandments, we see the first three are our interactions with God and our beliefs about him. And then the next seven are our interactions and beliefs about others. And so as a matter of fact, in Exodus 20:16, one of them is, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. God desires for us to speak in truth about others. I believe there are many ways and opportunities that we get to lie about others. And again, uh, we know that Satan works by first convincing us of falsehood about others so that we will then speak falsehood about others, a two-step process in the schemes of the devil, the way that he schemes against us. And I believe that there are a lot of megaphones out there through which uh, the enemy uses to convince us of truth and then therefore uh, turn around or convince us of falsehood, turn around and speak falsehood, social media, news media, um, blogging. Um, I, I heard this one earlier in our debrief, uh, bloggers and mom influencers. A lot of people out there that are speaking that we're trusting uh, just because of the things that they're saying and the way that uh, we can be made to convince. Have you ever heard a song or had a song that you listened to in your youth that later, five or ten years later, you heard you really heard the lyrics, mm-hmm. maybe even read the lyrics, and you're like, I did not realize yeah, that's that. What I they sang were. that summer by Garth Brooks that's for years before I actually paid attention to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. probably not singing that there song. There you go. No more, right? <laughs> Makes you realize you, you maybe Rhonda, shouldn't, you should stop singing that shouldn't, song. Shouldn't have been listening to Garth Brooks at all. Hey! Uh, when, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I am I a can, child. I can I'm be a, discerning. I, I'm a child of the 90s who grew up in Branson. We had one radio station that played country music. I listened to a lot okay. of Garth Brooks growing up. Okay. But there was a song for me. We digress. There was a song for me, <laughs> Hook by Blues Traveler, that I listened to a bunch uh, in college especially, and my friends and I would play it. We'd sing it, sing out loud with it. And then five, ten years later, I heard the song, and I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, huh. Yeah kind of offended I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because because they were in this snarky tone saying I could convince you of anything I want to convince you of and so I thought th- this so applies mm. to the schemes of the devil the way he thinks he can convince us of anything he wants to convince us of so the lyrics go like this the first verse says it doesn't matter what I say so long as I sing with inflection that makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. Open your eyes. It feels good. Yeah. It's, that sounds so good. Listen to this. They sound so smart, and they sound so convincing. I must be the one that's wrong. goes on, but I've said nothing so far, and I can keep it up for as long as it takes, and trust me, he will. And I, it don't matter who you are. If I'm doing my job, then it's your resolve that breaks. And then the next verse says, there is something amiss. I am being insincere. 
And someone may even tell you, you know what, I'm sorry, I haven't been completely honest with you. Now here's what's true. And we keep following these lies from one lie to the next lie and believing. In fact, I don't mean any of this. Still, my confession draws you near. Feels more personal, right? To confuse the issue, I refer to familiar heroes from long ago. What do you call that name dropping? Hmm. Maybe credential dropping. Ways that, that people will say things and, and look, so-and-so says this, so-and-so says this. And again, if you don't believe this, then you must be crazy because look who else believes this. Hmm. Um, I believe that, uh, and this even is manifesting in the church, uh, manifesting in our faith, in, in, uh, among evangelicals everywhere, online and everywhere, that, that this cancel culture, and I know you've talked about it a bunch before from up here, that we, we despise it because it is rooted in speaking falsehood about others. And again, Satan uh, doesn't have to knock us off the rails. He just needs that one degree. And it doesn't have to be full falsehood that we speak. Sometimes it's just partial truths that we hear and we perpetuate. And then what happens is a mob builds up and we cancel this person, that we come after them, not speaking truth about people. And Ted, you said something this week that, that I thought uh, was... was was very good in terms of truth about others and truth about ourselves. Uh, you said we can tend to love it when someone speaks truth and it supports our biases and comes against our enemies. But then when someone speaks truth and it comes against us, we don't like it so much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so think about, you know, when you grew up, you maybe had parents, you had friends, families, coaches, teachers that maybe shared lies about you to you on a regular basis. And remember, as children, we see everything, we hear everything, we forget nothing, and then we repeat. And these lies became messages written on your heart. And then these lies told from others about you became lies you started believing. And I hear it in counseling all the time. People then begin speaking these lies about themselves. And they believe it's true. Maybe you've just come out of a bad marriage. And over the last 10 years, your ex-husband now, your ex-wife, uh, just spoke lie after lie after lie after lie about you. And I've been there with the spouse sitting there going, this must be true. Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. And I'd say, I, I, you need to hear this. Right now, if you're in here, if you're watching and you feel worthless... You feel worthless. I want you to understand that's a feeling, not the truth. Amen. And today, putting on the belt of truth for you, you need to be reminded of going into all of Genesis 127. You were created in the image of God. You have automatic, intrinsic value. You're personally autographed by God. And you have value. We read in Psalm 139, 13 through 14, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. If you've been walking around with the lies that others have been saying about you, it's time today for you to know the truth about yourself. And we need to get good at being able to, to move away from the lies that people tell us, you heard me say it last week, I don't want to be a pawn of Satan. I don't want you to be a pawn of Satan. And I want to get good at recognizing the pawns of Satan that are bringing lies against me. Speaking the truth about who you are. Last week, uh, when I talked about chickening out and uh, an entertainer friend came up to me and said, brother, I'm right there with you. He goes, I open my mouth. I know what it can cost me. Like literally, some of you can speak 
something on Facebook and it's not going to cost you, or if it does cost your business, I know there's folks in here that speak pretty boldly online. I'm like, well, that's costing, that's, they're costing, <laughs> that's costing them something. And this entertainer said, I, I get the emails like you do. I say something and people will tell me, I don't need to be inundated with God when I come to your show. Just sing and make me laugh and shut up. And can I just encourage my entertainment friends? Don't be silent. Amen. Don't be silent. I, you join me in the we won't be silent. <laughs> Speak up when it costs you ticket sales. Speak up when it costs you. And, and so I went, after I had the conversation, I was encouraged by my friend and, and I just went home and I wrote this little thing, I will not be silent. And so this is my declaration. If you want to make this your declaration, uh, I, I may post it later today for, for you to say, hey, I'm taking this, edit it, make it your own. But declare as we put on the belt of truth to start this series through the six pieces of armor, uh, let this be your belt. This is my declaration about truth and decisions I've made even just in the last couple of weeks. And it's random thoughts that I finally brought together and tried to make some sense out of. And it's simply this. I will not be silent. I am a child of God. His spirit is within me. His word is a fire in my bones. I am in the Lord's army. The Holy Spirit gives me the word I need in every situation. I know the truth because it is written. As the world drifts far from truth, I will stand my ground. Satan hates God his word, my marriage, my family, and my church, and he'll stop at nothing to take me out, and he'll stop at nothing to take us out. I will speak up against the devil's schemes and strategy. He is not all-powerful, and his days are numbered. I will not be silent for fear of landing on his radar. I will not cower when accused of being unkind, unloving, a bigot, or homophobic. I refuse to be a pawn of Satan. I will stand through the battle. I will be standing at the end of the battle. I will stand in the battle with others who choose to speak truth as well. When others follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons, I will speak up and I don't care what it costs me. I will speak the truth in love with compassion and kindness. And as Paul asked for prayers, pray for me that whenever I speak, the words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I sh shall. I will not be silent. And that is my declaration. And I hope that is your declaration as well. And thank you for that, Ted. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand uh, as we close together today, as we want to pray over you, uh, that you would believe and speak truth uh, about God, about others, and about yourself. Um, after the service, the prayer team will be down front if anybody wants to pray with someone. If you have not yet uh, chosen to place faith in Christ, we pray that, uh, that the blindness of the enemy would be removed from you and that you would see the glory of the gospel of Christ. Uh, so let's pray together. Father, we love you. We give you praise and glory. Uh, we are thankful for this church and for this church family. Uh, we're thankful for the truth that you give us. We ask that you uh, help us to put on the belt of truth. Uh, as well as the rest of your armor, Lord, so that we can stand against the schemes of the enemy, the devil. We pray that his tactics would be powerless against us as we stand in, in the, the holy name of Jesus Christ, as we call upon your Holy Spirit, Lord, stand with us in your omniscient power. Stand with us in our homes, in our church, in our schools, our offices, our stores, our attractions, our shows, our businesses, our restaurants, ministries, even in our recreation, in our sports, Lord, in the hospitals, 
as we drive in our cars, as we walk along the way, as we have conversations at the dinner table, in every aspect of our lives, as we lay our heads down to rest at night, Lord, stand with us. We love you and we give you praise in the name of Christ. And everyone agreed and said, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week.